Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ruler Magazine Tech Podcast. I am your host, Dan Cavallari, joining you all the way from Colorado here in the United States and here in the U.S., I don't know if you've noticed, uh, this, this whole segment of gravel has, has exploded and taken, taken shape in the U.S., and it's, it's obviously not exclusive to the United States, but I think given uh, you know road, road cycling's uh, sort of steady decline in the U.S., it, it makes sense that there's a new sort of segment growing, and we have so many wonderful dirt roads here in the U.S. where gravel makes a lot of sense. And so in that in that uh, realm of, of off-road curly bar riding, uh, you have sort of new X factors about your gear. How do you choose what the best stuff is? And it's, it's not just taking a road bike or a cyclocross bike and, you know, slapping it on the dirt and going for it. You know, there's all sorts of subtle uh, differences. And as gravel grows, we're seeing those subtle differences start to uh, be clearer uh, for, for consumers. And Vittoria's got a great uh, uh, example of that on their website with, with tire choice. And so today we're going to talk about tire choice because in gravel, tire choice seems to be the conversation aside from tire pressure. What tire are you running and how many PSI are you running in it? Uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about that and how that, that is evolving since gravel's, uh, beginnings just, just a few years ago. And you could also argue that gravel has been around for a very long time, uh, years and years and years and years. How's it changed since then? And it has changed dramatically. So on the line today, I've got senior vice president of product development, uh, from Victoria tires, Ken Avery. Ken, how's it going? Good, man. Thanks for having me on big fan. Uh-huh. It's it's always nice to talk to you, Ken. We you and I tend to chat for a long time <laughs> when we talk, so it's it's uh, it's always interesting information, and I'm I'm glad to see you again, um, Ken. Uh, you you have worked in in the tire world in cycling for quite a while. Can you just give people a sense of why I'm talking to you today? What your background is? <laughs> you and I talk about a lot of technical things, so I guess we might as well just record it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, as far as my personal background, um, you know, I grew up racing off-road uh, in the early 90s all the way through mid-2000s um, from junior through kind of elite ranks and all that. Um, cross country and, and downhill and dual solemn and all those kind of mountain bike things. Um, but in uh, 2001, I started working in the tire business uh, for a competitor of ours uh, that you've heard of. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, uh, in, and I've been at Vittoria now for 11 years. And um, I came to Vittoria because, you know, I really believe in, in their quality and um, 
and the technologies that they have, which you know a lot of other companies don't have. Um, so, um, in any case, along that journey, um, I've been uh, able to contribute to the Vittoria team in, in ways that have expanded their product line um, and you know off-road categories in mountain bike, obviously, but also uh, particularly in gravel. And so it's been really a cool journey to kind of uh, take their road heritage and all the success and lessons learned in, in road racing over 70 years uh, at Vittoria and now kind of take that with the off-road technology that we that we created for for you know mountain bike use and kind of take bits and pieces of both of those to really optimize a product line for various types of gravel riding. And I think that's the important key there is optimizing. Now, you know, it's it's before, you know, people reach out to me on Twitter and start yelling at me that gravel has been around for decades and it was called road cycling. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yes, gravel's been around forever. What we're doing now is sort of making it a more pleasant affair and a more fun affair. Um, you know, I, I did that stuff back in the day, too, on skinny tires, and it was always hard. And, you know, this is making it more accessible for a lot of people and more fun, really. Um, and so those optimizations, right, that's the key here. I always say that the first time I ever went mountain biking, I was on a Schwinn 10-speed. Yeah, So, exactly. you know, was I gravel riding? <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. Right, I, right. I mean, you know, gravel bikes have, uh, you know, we'll talk about, I'm sure, more. But it's, you know, they've really evolved. Um, and um, there has been some experimentation, but it's really, it's been an optimization. It's been a positive evolution, I think. And so, yeah, I think we can get into that more. Yeah, and, and mountain bikes are, you know, just refined uh, cruiser bikes, if you really want to boil it down, right? So so this is an evolution, and and in gravel, I think it's very telling that tire choice has, is sort of the conversation starter, right? And you, if you go to any of these races beforehand, you know, the day before at dinner, everybody's talking about what tire you're running, what tire you're running, what tire pressure you're running. Um, and, and that, of course, the answer to that always is, d it depends, right? So tell me a little bit about Vittoria's breakdown of tires uh, it, for gravel and, and how, as a consumer, you've made it easy for people to choose. So, you know, in the, in the early days of gravel, which I guess we're still in the early days of gravel, but in the really, really early days of gravel, um, a lot of people would use cyclocross tires because that was a bike that probably most closely resembles a modern day gravel bike, right? Um, it had... Many of them had disc brakes, many of them didn't actually at the time, but, um, and you know, a, a wider tire with some sort of like a knobby tread design of sorts, right? And and that was really about as simple as it got uh, before they started optimizing bottom bracket heights at head angles and, and stem lengths and such. You know, one thing that really came from the off-road side for us was that you choose a tire based on the terrain. And so, you know, um, road tires are, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's some terrain variants there. But ultimately, for the most part, you're on some sort of a paved surface, right? Um, and there, maybe there's more cracks or less cracks, or maybe you're on a track or something. But still, um, it's not maybe as widely varied as, like, quote-unquote, gravel. Like, what, what? I mean, that is just such a wide swath of terrain variance, right? And so, as a rider... Uh, you're absolutely right. I, mean, I get hit in my my DMs, in my, my cell phone, my emails. I'm going to this event. Like, what do I do? And it's just like, um, it's always the question is, what do I do for tire setup and wheel setup and, and, and all that? So we wanted to make this as streamlined as possible. So uh, we created uh, a line called the Terreno line. Um, so kind of taking the, you know, terrain and, and, putting a flare on it basically, and, and then kind of breaking it down so that people would consider really the terrain choice and what they're trying to conquer for their own personal goals. Um, that goal 
is also widely varied. That goal could be, hey, I'm a, a UCI pro and I'm, I'm racing. It could be bike packing. You know, it could be what gravel means to you. Whatever your personal goal is, you're going to have to have options to to reach that goal and that's what we wanted to try to provide and and you've got it broken down pretty clearly here terreno dry terreno mix terreno wet um and then the terreno zero which actually looks like a, an aggressive road tire um and so that really delineates it pretty clearly um have you found that that's been a successful approach to gravel tires or do people you know get into because in my experience when when i when i talk to friends about hey what tire should i use they'll ask me you know very clearly what tire should i use they don't say hey what compound do i need a soft count a, a harder compound what kind of tread what they say is what tire do i need <laughs> so has this has this delineation really worked out well for your riders and for your pros and, and things like that it has but it's 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 uh it's about the whole chain i mean the bike industry is a, a funny place as you know and so sometimes it can be intimidating or confusing i mean sometimes it's, it's generous i would say most of the time so it's it's uh you know i can't tell you how many people who are maybe new riders who are, are discovering gravel because they are maybe not a hardcore mountain biker or don't want to be but then they kind of want to get off the roads a bit and so you know, gravel is very inviting in that in that regard, and so a lot of new cyclists approach me for the same reason. And again, you know, our, our line was was designed for uh, that ease of use. So imagine this: you know, you are a, mostly a road rider, but you're going to go on some dirt roads to connect some segments, something like that. You want something that's going to maybe have a smoother profile. Uh, but with some volume, that's kind of where that Terreno Zero comes in, right? So that's going to be a tire that, um, say, you're like, you know, 90, 89% pavement, something like this. You can still run it on dirt and gravel roads. It still has, a, you know, a proper shoulder pattern to it. Um, but it's it's going to feel a bit more just like a high volume road tire, to your point. And one little detail on that tire that's kind of interesting is, is you know, we wanted to, to make it feel that way throughout a range of lean angles. So kind of a fish scale approach is used uh, on that pattern. So it hasn't really been done before in bicycle tires where um, you have this interlocking hexagonal pattern that resembles fish scales. So in the rolling direction, it's almost as smooth as a slick, but the second you put like a braking force or even cornering on it, all these little edges stand up. And that is the magic of the Terreno Zero. Um, comes in a variety of sizes, 650 as well as 700C. Um, and that's kind of the starting point. That's the entryway from road tires into our gravel line. I don't know if that speaks to you. I mean, a lot of a lot of people come to me and they say, you know, I just I'm just I'm kind of like gonna dabble in gravel, you know, and 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 that's a great option for them if so. Yeah, and I think what what people are really looking for there is a bailout option. Like, oh, I tried gravel and I didn't like it, but I still have these tires that work on pavement. Right. It's it's like a it's like an all wheel drive car right like you you could you could go on a dirt road you know on if you needed to but you're not really like hardcore off-roading in that way it's mostly like a road vehicle my wife and my my daughter and i are the type we we got sucked into that f1 show on netflix i don't know if you watch drive to survive and, and it's always fascinating to me the parallels there between f1 and the cycling world because you know there's there's so much uh gear uh focus, right? And and one of the things that they focus on endlessly is tire choice. And what they have in their arsenal is, you know, their slicks for dry conditions, their, their more chunky ones for wet conditions, and then that sort of in-between tire. Um, and I think this is really sort of the same thing. I mean, they're their, their choices are a little bit more straightforward because they're just on pavement, whereas gravel, you're going to 
go through a number of, of different types of terrain, but I think that is sort of the answer, right? Like what tire should I use? Well, you should use the tire that's right for whatever ride you're going to do. But if I'm the type of person who doesn't want to spend, you know, hundreds of dollars on rubber to have it sitting in my garage, you know, is the terrain mix where you would say, start there because it's the medium tire, the middle tire? <laughs> you know, the terrain mix is going to offer a solution that is going to cover the broadest range of terrains in that way. Um, there's enough space where if it gets a little muddy, it'll clean out. Um, it has a very defined center ridge. Uh, so it's still going to, you know, roll nicely on paved and hard packed surfaces. It's been proven at the highest level in cyclocross racing as well as in gravel racing. Um, and, you know, it has been an OEM and dealer favorite. Um, so, yeah, the, the mix is really, truly a mix in that way. Um, has like a really uniform tread depth um, that is, is generous. So it's not going to be... Um, you know, quite as, as, as fast rolling as say like a zero or a dry. Um, but it's going to be a whole lot faster than most, uh, mud cyclocross tires or a tread that's designed such as that. Um, you know, it's funny, um, as people get comfortable with gravel riding in general, um, and realizing that they are on essentially a large road bike with like a little bit more air volume, but that is to say that they don't have like a huge contact patch. There's going to be like a little bit of squirm and, and drift and things like this. Um, and as people get more comfortable with that, I see people going towards airing towards a slightly faster tire um, and, and maybe one that is geared towards more um, pure speed or efficiency, but with still some handling traits. And, and, you know, between the zero and the mix sits the Torino dry for that reason. Uh, this is a tire that um, has been, you know, it's, it's won many cyclocross national championships um, and, uh, it has that same kind of fish scale texture in the center tread. Um, and, but it has a proper side lug and it also has a transition knob between the center and the side. And that actually is really critical because as a, as a tire designer, um, my job is actually quite difficult in gravel. You know, think about it this way. People come and they say, I want it to feel like a road tire, but have grip like an off-road tire. I mean, that's a tall order on, on a contact patch that's actually quite narrow. And so, you know, if you were to look at traditional cyclocross tires or the first gravel tires, they resembled what's known as a file tread. So for, for the listeners who are not familiar with that, it kind of is like, it's like a little micro diamond knurling in the, in the center and then and almost like a mountain bike knob on the side, right? Is that, is that how you would describe that, Dan? That sounds pretty accurate to me, yeah. So the thing, here, here's the problem with that. So you got like this texture in the middle of, of like a regular file tread. You can't climb with it. There's not enough texture to climb. You hit your brakes and you slide. And then you, you lean it over on, on, on pavement and you're on a, a mountain bike side knob. And there's, it's, it's, it's kind of inherently mediocre everywhere. So we were like, okay, how do we make a better file tread? And, and so I worked with a team of athletes for two seasons on this project, um, particularly on the Torino Dry. Um, and, um, this tire has won many tire shootouts. Um, if you Google it, you'll find a whole lot of reviews on it. Um, but basically that uses that fish scale center tread. So it rolls really well in the rolling direction, but if you hit your brakes, you have edges to stop. So it's an asymmetrical pattern in the middle, unlike that traditional file tread diamond knurling. So that kind of solves that first problem. You need a proper side knob if you're gonna lean it over off-road, if you're in dirt or grass or anything like that. So how do you get around that weird squirmy sensation on pavement with that? And, and the answer was, 
we alternated a transition knob sort of in the direction that that, that like vector would go across your tire. Um, and, and what it does is it staircases up in tread depth. So it, that, that transition knob is actually half the tread depth between the center and the side tread. And it allows for a completely smooth sensation if you are cornering on pavement. But if you're off-road, you still have the lug depth of the proper side knob to grab and, and hold in that corner. Um, so the combination of those really, those three factors are what makes that Terreno drive super special. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about tire construction in just a moment. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I do want to get back to talking about cornering lugs and, and side lugs and things like that, because I think if you're coming from the roadside, that's a pretty foreign thing for a lot of riders. So we're going to talk about that in just a minute. We'll be right back. Why, hello there. Podcast interruption alert, but I will only take a few short moments to say that if you're enjoying this podcast, you will love the regular magazine. So if you're not a reader already, then you can subscribe at ruler.cc for as little as £6 per month. If you don't speak Northern Irish, that's six times 100 pennies. And for the price of a few coffees, you get regular columns from the wonderful Ned Bolting, myself, Orla Shinnow, and some of the very finest independent cycling journalism there is, all wrapped up in a wondrously beautiful publication. Go to ruler.cc. I'll leave you to it. We are back with the Ruler Magazine Tech Podcast. I am still your host, Dan Cavallari. I am still in my garage in Colorado, and I am still chatting with Ken Avery from Vittoria Tires. Uh, now, Ken, we, we talked a lot about choosing the right tire and, and your, your very clear delineation on the website here of which tires are for what. But let's dive a little deeper into tire construction because, you know, I remember specifically when, you know, gravel started becoming a thing. And, and that's probably the 2015, 2016 era. We know gravel was around before that, but that's sort of when it became a category. And I remember being on a ride for a launch of a bike um, and we were riding in California on-road and off-road. And the tire I was using was wide, but it was completely slick. And if you Google, I was, uh, Jason Sumner, who's a journalist as well, was riding right in front of me. There's a pretty meme-worthy photo that has actually become memes where I'm riding right behind him, and he is in the middle of this spectacular fall. And the reason he fell was because those tires were great as long as you were going in a straight line. As soon as you started cornering, boom, you, you lose your front wheel. Um, and that has largely been solved in recent years with exactly what you're talking about was these lugs on the side, which comes from the mountain bike world where you have cornering lugs and you have transition lugs and things like that. Talk a little bit about uh, what a lug is. Talk about the cornering lug and then the transition uh, knobs as well uh, so that people have an understanding if you're coming from a completely slick tire, you know, you're used to that on the road. What are these lugs? Yeah, I mean, it's nothing more than just a, a raised cleat. Um, off of like that, you know, the, the side portion of the tread, which, you know, as you're going to be riding on, uh, at your full lean angle when you need it the most. Um, so, um, you know, they really resemble in, in a simple way, maybe, you know, your, your BMX tires that when you were a kid growing up and, and, you know, you'd have these like little lug tires or, you know, in, in a more advanced setting, perhaps a, a motocross tire on a, on a motorcycle, um, on a bicycle though. Um, it's really a different ball game. Um, you really have to design that so that it doesn't slow the tire down in rolling. Uh, you know, you often see lug patterns formed in a V formation. That's something that's huge on um, everything that I've done in terms of design and in, in, in 
Victoria and elsewhere, you know, the idea is that uh, when you're when you're riding your bike or if you're just sitting on your bike and you look down at your front tire, there's probably some sort of a V formation. Um, and the idea is that when that rolls underneath and it's on your contact patch, that V is then making contact with the ground and kind of pointing backwards. And, and you know, when you when you turn the handlebars and then lean over a little bit, you're going to be on one arm of that V, which then is going to be opposing drift. Um, and, and it's also that that arm of that V will also coincidentally be pointing the direction you want to go in, in, in terms of cornering. So it allows um, a grouping of effective edges to oppose that slide or understeer. Um, and that is really critical in varied terrain, particularly in like loose over hard, dusty gravel roads. And so I know Jason Sumner well, and uh, I've actually done two 100-mile uh, gravel races with him down at uh, what is now known as the Mid-South. We've suffered together. Um, and that guy is a good mountain biker. And I can tell you right now, for him to fall takes a bit. And so, you know, uh, what it comes down to, though, is, you know, you, you trust your, your trust your equipment, you trust your tires going into a corner. And if it's just not designed the way it needs to be, then it's, it's not going to hook up. And, and so I think you learned that the hard way. But, you know, uh, I will say in gravel, uh, there are there's two schools of thought here. There's there's making a miniature mountain bike tire and then there's making something that is an evolution. Right. And. And so, um, you know, we really took the evolutionary kind of stance on this. We wanted to use compounds and constructions that were unique to, to gravel in this way. Uh, and that provided for casing deformation, uh, and this is gonna get pretty nerdy in a minute, but basically the idea here is um, allowing your tire to deform does two things. Um, and these are two really important things for gravel. Um, the first thing is um, it reduces rolling resistance, right? So you hear about high TPI road tires. TPI is threads per inch. The cord of the material itself is thinner, so therefore it is more flexible. And um, it can basically bump and deform when you hit a crack in the road or what have you. Um, and it works like a micro suspension in a way to reduce rolling resistance. Uh, if that tire were more rigid and deflected off the bump, it would actually slow the tire down. So you want to make sure that your tread design is also designed in a way where the, the placement of the tread pattern is allowing for this flex to work with the casing in a uniform way. The other aspect, though, at the other end of the spectrum is that you still need to have some durability, right? So you're off road, you need to have that flex, but you need to have durability. And that's a tricky thing, too. It's kind of going back to that tall order of I want it to feel like a road tire, but hook up off road throughout our whole line. It's about it's about kind of having an even placement, you know, having the tread where you need it to be and really thinking about from a rider perspective, what's going on. Like in that dry example I was giving you a second ago, that tire's designed for, you know, anything from pavement into kind of loose over hard dry terrain where you're gonna have a lot of surface area because these rubber cleats don't penetrate into rocks and, and roots and hard pack and any other kind of thing you're gonna be going over. So you have to, it's like a surface phenomenon. So how do you create that friction at the contact patch? And that's one example. In the, in the terrain of wet example, you could say, okay, maybe that tread pattern might penetrate that top layer. And so now you're talking about more of like a tractor tire kind of scooping edge effect. And that's why that other product exists. So, you know, it goes back to what you're saying, choosing the right tire for your needs and goals. Now, I'm going to throw a little curveball here. Um, you have another product in the lineup, uh, which is called the Airliner. And 
you know, airliner, I, when these, and you, you, you might've heard of things like Cushcore airliner is a similar thing, but different. And we're going to talk a little bit how they, they differ as well. Um, but first of all, explain what, what the airliner is and specific as a specific application to gravel, uh, if possible, um, because it does more than just prevent flats, um, which is the general, uh, marketing thrust of a lot of these things is, oh yeah, you, you won't get pinch flats because there's this this core in the middle of your your tire is going to prevent those pinch flats so you can run lower pressures but it does other things so walk me through basically what the what the airliner is and how it applies to gravel with our system as with anything it's it's always rider focused rider based on rider needs right like like put yourself in their shoes why does anybody care about this it's not just a widget that we make right i mean i i i really want people to know that, you know, what we do is, is, is that way. It's all thought out from a rider perspective, um, in terms of like trying to enhance whatever, you know, uh, experience you have on the bike. Right. So for this one, tubeless tires are the norm in gravel just to start there. So with a tubeless tire, you know, there's a lot of advantages. You're not worrying about maybe pinching inner tubes. Um, and you have sealant for, for punctures and things such as this. Um, the liner, uh, the liner systems that are on the market, including airliner all work within a tubeless tire. And that's a key point for people who are listening. Uh, this is not something you're going to put with your inner tubes or in a tubular tire system. Why does it matter? Well, basically people are running air pressures now, which are starting to approach mountain bike pressures, which is to say really low. So they're coming off a road bike with like 125 PSI. And then they're putting like 30, 35, maybe in their gravel tire. And that gravel tire is, you know, for the most part, say a 40 C width or something like this versus a, you know, a 2.5 mountain bike tire that you're smacking stuff with suspension. You know what I mean? So a lot of people have asked me, you know, is this whole liner thing something that we really need in gravel? I actually think gravel is the place that it is absolutely needed the most. Um, and, and it's because you're running a tubeless tire at very low pressure in a fairly narrow width. Yeah. Gravel tires are wider than road tires, but they're still fairly narrow. And so with all that said, uh, two things come into play. Um, you actually still can pinch through your casing. Um, you know, especially if you're running a carbon rim, which is less vertically compliant than an aluminum rim. It, in other words, it's stiffer it's not going to bounce out of the way like a, like an aluminum rim would. Um, that's that's going to be more susceptible to pinching through the tire casing. Um, the other thing is sidewall cuts. If you're doing a, you know an event like say Unbound or the Mid South, there's some sharp rocks out there, um, and you know you're gonna you're gonna be a hundred miles in the middle of nowhere and get a tire cut that you know your your plug may or may not plug or you know your sealant you know over a certain size is not going to plug certainly so this liner does two things the first thing is it's going to pad uh your pinch flat so you know it's it sits our liner sits proud of the rim wall uh and so uh your your tire really can't bottom out on, on that on that rim wall to pinch flat in that way um, and in doing so, it's sort of wedge-shaped, our gravel airliner. And so it wedges itself between the tire beads, pushing them out to the rim walls. So that also prevents burping at low pressure. So your two biggest concerns at low pressure are 
pinching and burping. So that's solved that, which is awesome. The other thing is if you notice, and, and this is maybe something that, you know, as you do more gravel riding and you find yourself in this like euphoric trance staring at the road, you'll notice that the road has a bit of a crown to it. Um, and all the debris that cuts your tires tends to go off to the side of the road. And so, you know, a car is going to pass you or whatever, and inevitably you're going to find yourself in that, in that shoulder debris. It's like a little scree field on the side of the road almost. Um, and, and that's where, as you're going off of the crown of the road, your tire is actually rolling under you laterally a little bit, exposing more sidewall. And that's where, like in an event like Unbound, or like, I don't know if you saw this past weekend, there was like a bunch of flats in Paris-Roubaix, you know, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of that, that exposed sidewall. So having a liner actually uh, supports that sidewall so that it do, your tire doesn't roll laterally at, at a low pressure as much. Um, and it, per, it helps to prevent that situation from occurring. And absolutely, a last thing is, in the event that you have some sort of catastrophic failure, which is highly unlikely using a liner, but like, you know, um, a spoke pokes through your rim tape or you gash a tire to the point where it's just, you can't even put a tube in it because the tube's going to come out of the gash. Um, you can use it as a bit of a run flat to get you home. It kind of feels like you're running on a flat tubular um, that's still kind of glued to your wheel in a way. So for all those reasons, liners are really cool in gravel. And just, uh, we only got about a minute or two left, but I wanted to also talk a little bit about cornering with, with liners. And, uh, you know, when you corner, as you mentioned earlier, your sidewall tends to collapse a little bit, especially at lower pressures. Does the liner help support the sidewall more uh, in that situation? Can you run a lower pressure and still get that, that sidewall support that will keep you from feeling like you're losing the edge of the tire? Absolutely. Um, yeah, two things happen. You have a lot more support in that way. So um, your tire is going to be less apt to like flop under you and then twang back. Um, but you also have a more co uh, contact patch because you are running a slightly low pressure. So uh, that contact patch can deform to the ground and provide better grip. So you have better cornering control as well as traction. And so it's kind of a double benefit in terms of cornering. Ken, thanks for, uh, thanks for taking some time today to explain. I know this is barely scratching the surface of all the amazing things that go into tire construction. We haven't even talked about compounds. Uh, but this was a good explainer for basically... Uh, if you're getting into gravel, how do I choose a tire? It's, it's, it's really a good uh, delineation. And I would encourage everybody to kind of look at the Victoria site and just see how very clearly they have divided up their tires so that you can make a, a good choice for your terrain. Um, Ken, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. Anytime, man. Thanks. And apologies to Jason Sumner. I want you all to know he is actually a pretty phenomenal writer. And <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to make it sound like that, but it is a really phenomenal photo too. You should look at it if you can find it. <laughs> Yeah, and if you have questions uh, for me, please do reach out on Twitter at SlowGuyFastRide. You can get at Ruler Magazine on pretty much all social media if you have questions about this episode or any other episode in the Ruler Tech podcast world. Ken, uh, where can they reach out to Vittoria Tires if they have questions? Uh, Vittoria.com, number one, and then always follow us on social. Uh, and to all of you listening, thanks for listening. If you have questions, like I said, please do reach out. Otherwise, I'll catch you on the next episode of the Ruler Tech podcast. Planning for your next trip? 
elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 